Chapter 7, Part 2 of Glimpses of Italian Society in the 18th Century by Hester Lynch Piozzi. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Leghorn, Bagni di Pisa, Siena. Here we are by the seaside once more in a trading town too, and I should think myself in England almost, but for the difference of dresses that pass under my balcony for here we were immediately addressed by a young english gentleman who politely put us in possession of his apartments the best situated in the town and with him we talked at the dear coast of devonshire agreed upon the resemblance between that and these environs but gave the preference to home on account of its undulated shore finely fringed with woodlands which here are wanting nor is this verdure equal to ours in vivid colouring or variegated with so much taste as those lovely hills which are adorned by the antiquities of powderham castle and the fine disposition of lord lisbon's park but here is an english consul at leghorn yes indeed an english chapel too our own king's arms over the door and in the desk and pulpit an english clergyman high in character eminent for learning genteel in his address and charitable in every sense of the word as such truly loved and honoured by those of his own persuasion exceedingly respected by those of every other which fill this extraordinary city a place so populous that cheapside alone can surpass it it is not a large place however one very long straight street and one very large wide square not less than lincoln's inn fields i think but bigger form the whole of leghorn which i can compare to nothing but a camera obscura or magic lantern exhibiting prodigious variety of different and not uninteresting figures that pass and repass to my incessant delight and give that sort of empty amusement which is a la portée de chacun footnote within everyone's reach and footnote so completely that for the present it really serves to drive everything else from my head and makes me little desirous to quit for any other diversion the windows or balcony whence i look down now upon a levantine jew dressed in long robes a sort of odd turban and immense beard now upon a tuscan contadinella with little straw hat nosegay and jewels i have been so often struck with here an armenian christian with long hair long gown long beard all black as a raven who calls upon an old grey franciscan friar for a walk while a greek woman obliged to cross the street on some occasion throws a large white veil over all her person lest she should undergo the disgrace of being seen at all sometimes a group goes by composed of a broad dutch sailor a dry starched puritan and an old french officer whose knowledge of the world and habitual politeness contrived to conceal the contempt he has of his companions the contorni of leghorn are really very pretty the apennine mountains degenerate into hills as they run round the bay 
but gain in beauty what in sublimity they lose to enjoy an open sea-view one must drive further and it really affords a noble prospect from that rising ground where i understand that the rich jews hold their summer habitations they have a synagogue in the town where i went one evening and heard the hebrew service and thought of what dr burney says of their singing it is however no credit to the tuscans to tell that of all the people gathered together here they are the worst looking i speak of the men but it is so when compared with the german soldiery the english sailors the venetian traders the neapolitan peasants for i have seen some of them here how feeble a fellow is a genuine florentine and when one recollects the cottages of lombardy that handsome hardy race bright in their expression and muscular in their strength it is still stranger what can have weakened these two delicate tuscans so as they are very rich and might be very happy under the protection of a prince who lets slip no opportunity of preferring his plebeian to his patrician subjects yet here at leghorn they have a tender frame and an unhealthy look occasioned possibly by the stagnant waters which render the environs unwholesome enough i believe and the millions of live creatures they produce are enough to distract a person not accustomed to such buzzing company we went out for air yesterday morning three or four miles beyond the town walls where i looked steadily at the sea till i half thought myself at home the ocean being peculiarly british property favoured the idea and for a moment i felt as if on our southern coast we walked forward towards the shore and i stepped upon some rocks that broke the waves as they rolled in and was wishing for a good bathing-house that one might enjoy the benefit of salt water so long withheld till i saw our laquais de place crossing himself at the carriage door and wondering as i afterwards found out at my matchless intrepidity the mind however took another train of thought and we returned to the coach which when we arrived at i refused to enter not without screaming i fear as a vast hornet had taken possession in our absence and the very notion of such a companion threw me into an agony our attendant's speech to the coachman however made me more than amends ora si vede amico says he cos'è la donna dal mare stesso non ha paura e pur va in convulsioni per via d'una mosca Footnote. now my friend do but observe what a thing is a woman she is not afraid even of the roaring ocean and yet she goes into fits almost at the sight of a fly End footnote. this truly tuscan and highly contemptuous harangue uttered with the utmost deliberation and added to the absence of the hornet sent me laughing into the carriage with great esteem of our philosophical rosso for so the fellow was called because he had red hair our evening's walk was directed towards the burying ground appointed here to receive the bodies of our countrymen and consecrated according to the rites of the anglican church 
for here under protection of a factory we enjoy what is vainly sought for under the auspices of a king's ambassador here we have a churchyard of our own and are not condemned as at other towns in italy to be stuffed into a hole like dogs after having spent our money among them like princes prejudice however is not banished from leghorn though convenience keeps all in good humour with each other the italians fail not to class the subjects of great britain among the pagan inhabitants of the town and to distinguish themselves say noi altri cristiani footnote we that are christians end footnote their aversion to a protestant conceal it as they may is ever implacable and the last day only will convince them that it is criminal caelum non animum mutant footnote one changes one's sky but not one's soul end footnote is an old observation i passed this afternoon in confirming the truth of it among the english traders settled here whose conversation manners ideas and language were so truly londonish so little changed by transmigration that i thought some enchantment had suddenly operated and carried me to drink tea in the regions of bucklersbury well it is a great delight to see such a society subsisting in italy after all established where distress may run for refuge and sickness retire to prepare for lasting repose whence narrowness of mind is banished by principles of universal benevolence and prejudice precluded by christian charity where the purse of the british merchant ever open to the poor is certain to succour and to soothe affliction and where it is agreed that more arms are given by the natives of our island alone than by all the rest of leghorn and the palaces of pisa put together Bagni di Pisa. It was perhaps particularly delightful to me to obtain once more a cottage in the country, after running so from one great city to another, and for the first week I did nothing but rejoice in a solitude so new, so salutiferous, so total. I therefore begged my husband not to hurry us to Rome, but to take the house we lived in for a longer term as i would now play the english housewife in italy i said and accordingly began calling the chickens and ducks under my window tasted the new wine as it ran purple from the cask caressed the meek oxen that drew it to our door and felt sensations so unaffectedly pastoral that nothing in romance ever exceeded my felicity these springs are much frequented by the court i find and here are very tolerable accommodations but it is not the season now and our solitude is perfect in a place which beggars all description where the mountains are mountains of marble and the bushes on them bushes of myrtle large as our hawthorns and white with blossoms as they are at the same time of year in devonshire where the waters are salubrious the herbage odiferous every trodden step breathing immediate fragrance from the crushed sweets of thyme and marjoram and winter savoury while the birds and the butterflies frolic around and flutter among the loaded lemon and orange and olive trees 
till imagination is fatigued with following the charms that surround one i am come home this moment from a long but not tedious walk among the crags of this glorious mountain the base of which nearly reaches within half a mile perhaps to the territories of Lucca. some country girls passed me with baskets of fruit chickens etc on their heads i addressed them as natives of the last named place saying i knew them to be such by their dress and air one of them instantly replied oh si siamo lucchesi noi altri già si può vedere subito una repubblicana e credo bene che le se ne accorda benissimo che siamo del paese della libertà footnote oh yes we are looker people sure enough and i am persuaded that you soon saw in our faces that we come from a land of liberty End footnote. i will add that these females wear no ornaments at all are always proud and gay and sometimes a little saucy too the tuscan damsels loaded with gold and pearls have a less assured look and appear disconcerted when in company with their freer neighbours let them tell why meantime my fairy dream of fantastic delight seems fading away apace mr piozzi has been ill and of a putrid complaint in his throat which above all things i should dread in this hot climate this accident assisted by other concurring circumstances has convinced me that we are not shut up in measureless content as shakespeare calls it even under st julian's hill for here was no help to be got in the first place except the useless conversation of a medical gentleman whose accent and language might have pleased a disengaged mind but had little chance to tranquillize an affrighted one what is worse here was no rest to be had for the multitudes of vermin upstairs and below when we first hired the house i remember my maid jumping up on one of the kitchen chairs while a ragged lad cleared that apartment for her of scorpions to the number of seventeen but now the biters and stingers drive me quite wild because one must keep the windows open for air and a sick man can enjoy none of that being closed up in the zanzariere and obliged to respire the same breath over and over again which with a sore throat and fever is most melancholy but i keep it wet with vinegar and defy the hornets how i can what is more surprising than all however is to hear that no lemons can be procured for less than tuppence english apiece and now i am almost ready to join myself in the general cry against italian imposition and recollect the proverb which teaches us chi ha da far con tosco non bisogna essere losco footnote who has to do with tuscan white of both his eyes will need the light End footnote. as i am confident they cannot be worth even tuppence a hundred here where they hang like apples in our cider countries but the rogues know that my husband is sick and upon poor me they have no mercy i have sent our folks out to gather fruit at a venture and now this misery will be soon ended with his illness 
driven away by deluges of lemonade, I think, made in defiance of wasps, flies, and a kind of volant beetle, wonderfully beautiful and very pertinacious in his attacks, and who makes dreadful depredations on my sugar and currant jelly so necessary on this occasion of illness, and so attractive to all these detestable inhabitants of a place so lovely. My patient, however, complaining that although I kept these harpies at a distance, no sleep could yet be obtained, I resolved when he was risen and had changed his room to examine into the true cause, and with my maid's assistance unripped the mattress, which was, without exaggeration or hyperbole, all alive with creatures wholly unknown to me. Nondescripts in nastiness, I believe they are, like maggots, with horns and tails, such a race as I never saw or heard of, and as would have disgusted Mr. Leavenhook himself. My willingness to quit this place and its hundred-footed inhabitants was quickened three nights later by a thunderstorm such as no dweller in more northern latitudes can form an idea of, which, assisted by some few slight shocks of an earthquake, frightened us all from our beds, sick and well and gave me an opportunity of viewing such flashes of lightning as I had never contemplated until now, and such as it appeared impossible to escape from with life. The tremendous claps of thunder, re-echoing among these Apennines, which double every sound, were truly dreadful. I really and sincerely thought Sir Julian's mountain was rent by one violent stroke accompanied with a rough concussion, and that the rock would fall upon our heads by morning, while the agonies of my English maid and French valet became equally insupportable to themselves and me, who could only repeat the same unheeded consolations, and protest our resolution of releasing them from this theatre of distraction the moment our departure should become practicable. Meantime the rain fell, and such a torrent came tumbling down the sides of Mount Giuliano, as I am persuaded no female courage could have calmly looked on. I therefore waited its abatement in a darkened room, packed up our coach, without waiting to copy over the verses my admiration of the place had prompted, and drove forward to Siena, through Pisa again, where our friends told us of the damages done by the tempest, and showed us a pretty little church just out of town where the officiating priest at the altar was saved almost by a miracle, as the lightning melted one of the chalices completely and twisted the brazen gilt crucifix quite round in a very astonishing manner. Siena Siena, 20th of October, 1786 We arrived here last night, having driven through the sweetest country in the world, and here are a few timber-trees at last, such as I have not seen for a long time, the Tuscan spirit of mutilation being so great that everything till now has been pollarded that would have passed twenty feet in height. This is done to support the vines and not suffer their rambling produce to run out of the way and escape the gripe of the gatherers. I have eaten too many of these delicious grapes, however, and it is now my turn to be sick. No wonder I know few who would resist a like temptation, especially as the inn afforded but a sorry dinner, 
whilst every hedge provided so noble a dessert. Passera pour la malattie. Footnote. The disorder will die away, though. End footnote. As these soft-mouthed people tell me. The sooner, perhaps, as we are not here annoyed by insects, which poison the pleasure of other places in Italy. Here are only lizards, lovely creatures, who, being of a beautiful light green colour upon the back and legs, reside in whole families at the foot of every tree, and turn their scarlet bosoms to the sun, as if to display the glories of colouring which his beams alone can bestow. The pleasing tales told of this pretty animal's amicable disposition towards man are strictly true, I hear, and it is no longer ago than yesterday I was told an odd anecdote of a young farmer who, carrying a basket of figs to his mistress, lay down in the field as he crossed it, quite overcome with weather, and fell fast asleep. A serpent, attracted by the scent, twined round the basket and would have bit the fellow as well as robbed him, had not a friendly lizard waked and given him warning of the danger. Swift says that in the course of life he meets many asses, but they have not lucky names. I have met many vipers, and so few lizards, it is surprising, but they will not live in London. All the stories one has ever heard of sweetness of language and delicacy in pronunciation fall short of Sienese converse. The girls who waited us at the inn here would be treasures in England, could one get them thither, and they need move nothing but their tongues to make their fortunes. I told Rosetta so, and said I would steal from them a poor girl of eight years old whom they kept out of charity and called Olympia to be my language mistress. But it's come, la lasceremo cristiana, was the answer. Footnote, being baptised as she is, we will leave her a Christian. End footnote. It is impossible without their manners to express their elegance, their superior delicacy, graceful without diffusion and terse without laconicism. You ask the way to town of a peasant girl and she replies, Passato ponte o por pacato niume Ecola a Siena. Footnote, the bridge once passed or the river crossed, Siena lies before you. End footnote. As we drove towards the city in the evening, a postillion sung improviso verses on his sweetheart, a widow who lived down at Pistoia, they told me. I was ashamed to think that no desk or study was likely to have produced better on so trite a subject. Candor must confess, however, that no thought was new, though the language made them for a moment seem so. This town is neat and cleanly and comfortable and airy. The prospect from the public walks wants no beauty but water. And here is a suppressed convent on the neighbouring hill where we half long to build a pretty cottage, as the ground is now to be disposed of vastly cheap and half one's work is already done in the apartments once occupied by the friars. With half a word's persuasion, I should fix for life here. The air is so pure, 
the language so pleasing, the place so inviting. But we drive on. End of chapter 7, part 2